more Idaho Matters right now from the studios of Boise State Public Radio News. A recent New York Times article asked the question, have women been misled about menopause? Well, we wanted to dig deeper into that and talk about it. So we're bringing in an expert. Jill Gustafson is a certified nurse midwife as well as a menopause and sexual health specialist. And she is the founder of a private menopause practice in Boise, Quantum Women's Health. She's joining us today to talk more. Jill, it's really good to have you on the program. Thank you so much, Gemma. I'm thrilled to be here. So can we just begin the conversation as to why menopause is so often missed, which then um, delays treatment for women? Totally. So I think what I see a lot is that women don't necessarily put together that all of their symptoms could be related to a hormone imbalance. Um, Mm. A lot of times until after they've quote unquote gone through it already. Um, And so, you know, symptoms like brain fog, heavy bleeding or irregular bleeding, insomnia, depression, muscle and joint pain. Um, Sometimes women will think those are related to other things. Um, You know, there's also just a taboo and these subjects are embarrassing. Women may be a little, feel a little shy to talk about it with their friends. So I always say it's like women don't share. um, And then providers often don't prepare women for menopause Mm -hmm. as well. So I think that's interesting about the taboo part of it, because, you know, I think back to my own mom, right? And I, I know a little bit, but not that much because it was never talked about. And now I, I'm talking to all my girlfriends about it because I think we don't talk about it enough. And, and so many women are going through this or will go through it. And it has been a journey, I think, for many women, myself included, to try to find uh, a, a medical professional who knows how to treat this. And again, I mean, are, are, are doctors and health professionals not being trained around menopause? Yeah. So, I mean, I could say with a lot of confidence that uh, menopause is often a cursory subject. You know, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I have a colleague who's a fan of saying, you know, the lecture was period stop moving on. Um, And so, you know, I think there was a survey in 2017 that showed medical residents across the country um, that about 20% of them had not heard a single lecture on the subject of menopause. Um, And there's a lot of reasons behind this. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's definitely an under discussed subject in medicine and in nursing um, across the board. I think another reason too, is just that we, a lot of times in conventional medical settings that, you know, the 15 minute time slot is not enough time to really delve into what are your symptoms? How are they affecting your life? Um, how is your quality of life suffering? And then are you a good candidate for which treatments? Um, that can be a really lengthy 45 minute conversation. Mm-hmm. And so I, that's okay. another barrier as well. And And, you know, I think, too, there's been this idea that, oh, menopause, you know, happens after 50. Um, And can can we dive into the fact that there are things like premenopause, perimenopause, menopause, postmenopause? And and the thing that struck me when I started learning about this is that this whole thing can last a decade. Yes, yes. And so I think, you know, for all the reasons we talked about before, you know, our our mother's experience is really unique. Um, Every 
every person with ovaries will go through menopause at some point in their life and their experience mm-hmm. is going to be unique. Um, there are some cultural similarities, but just because your mother went through it a certain way doesn't mean you're going to go through it exactly the same way. So I think that contributes to this just mystique surrounding it. Um, and so, you know, just getting back to the age thing. So menopause is when um, is basically diagnosed when you've gone 12 months or a full year with no more periods or no more menstrual cycling. Um, At that point, you've entered into menopause. Perimenopause is the final years leading up to the final cycle or the final period. Um, And symptoms of perimenopause can start four to eight years on average, um, can last four to eight years on average. And so if the average age of menopause is 51 in the United States, um, that means that most women will start noticing subtle changes in the early 40s and then um, more overt, more noticeable changes in their late 40s. Mm. And so a, another reason why menopause gets missed a lot in conversation is, and what I hear over and over again from from patients is just, I feel like I'm too young to be going through this. And I think that's a yeah. big misconception. Mm-hmm. So uh, with the time we have left, and I'm when we will have you on again with some other experts to really dive more into this, I think this is, an imp- this is an important topic that we need to be giving more voice to. But with that said, can we talk hormone replacement therapy? Because I remember, um, at, I mean, I don't remember, fully remember the time, but I want to say maybe 30 years ago, there was this big uproar over hormone replacement therapy and breast cancer. And all of a sudden it was like, no, you know, don't have, don't, don't have hormone replacement therapy. And even now where I'm at in my life, you know, when I talked with my menopause specialist, it was like, well, is this safe? And I, so is that something that we are running into as, as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I think the study, I believe the study you're referring to is the Women's Health Initiative, um, which was the largest randomized control trial um, on hormone replacement therapy to date. It's 160,000 women were uh, postmenopausal women were studied. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's an incredible study. It's incredibly valuable. Um, in 2001, which a lot of us remember, there was a lot of, um, there was a, a, a media uproar. Um, yeah. The study halted prematurely due to concerns about adverse effects that they were noticing in the study. Um, and then there was a press conference um, before the scientists had a, before the scientific literature was published. And so the press conference happened before the scientists had a chance to parse this information and data with other scientists and get a better reading on it. Um, and essentially what happened is that there was a huge um, overstatement of the adverse effects, which um, has basically been debunked now. So where we are now with modern HRT, and we've learned a ton from that study, um, is that um, the risks for healthy women um, less than 60 years old starting HRT, the the risks are much smaller than the benefits. Um, So for example, with breast cancer, we know that um, a woman's lifetime breast cancer risk, if she's between the age of 50 and 60, is about 2.3%. And that with taking hormone replacement therapy um, for more than five years, that risk does increase to 2.9%. Um, that risk increase may or may not be significant to an individual woman, depending on her underlying risks for breast cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And also that risk increase is comparable to the risk increase that we see, um, for example, if you drink more than seven servings of alcohol per week, you have a slight Mm. increase in risk for breast cancer, which is comparable to that risk that we've seen with the older forms of HRT and the Women's Health Initiative. The newer formulations of HRT that are out now and are most popular, um, they we're seeing there's there's good evidence that gives us confidence that those are safer for breast health. Um, so we are moving in that direction as well. Uh, and Jill, I and I am running out of time, but I wanted to quickly um, mention because I know in in our you are not our conversations offline. You wanted to make sure that women are aware of two organizations, um, important resources for menopause information. Can you give that information really quickly before we wrap absolutely. up our conversation? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the North American Menopause Society is menopause.org. I highly recommend them. Um, for consumer information as well as menopause providers. And then there's the International Society for the Study of Women's Sexual Health, which is isswsh.org as a wonderful resource as well. And I want to thank you so much for coming in. I know we didn't have a lot of time to really dig deeper into this, but we will, as I said, have you back on at a later date um, because there's so much to unwrap here and, and to make sure that people who are experiencing this get the right and proper information. So I really appreciate your time today. Well, thank you so much for elevating this conversation, Gemma. I really appreciate it. You are more than welcome. We've been speaking with Jill Gustafson. She's a certified nurse midwife, as well as a menopause and sexual health specialist. She's also the founder of a private menopause practice in Boise. It's called Quantum Women's Health. Thanks so much for listening to Idaho Matters. Boise State Public Radio and Idaho Matters are members of the NPR Network. It's an independent coalition of public media podcasters. You can find more shows in the network wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Gemma Gaudette. We'll see you tomorrow. This is Chip Brantley, co-host of the NPR podcast, White Lies. Before we found the man in Vancouver, before we sued the State Department, before we snuck into the graveyard of a federal penitentiary, all we had were the photographs. Photographs of a group of Cuban men standing on the roof of a prison in rural Alabama. That's this season on the NPR podcast, White Lies.